opinions of the commentator or commentators are solely those of the commentators and not of CJAD 800 or Astro. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good Monday evening. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. My name is Dan Delmar, along with my co-host, Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Good evening, everybody. And tonight, uh, a couple of interesting things. We're going to get into human resources in the later part of the show uh, with Micheline Mayette from... Um from uh, Fuller Landau, but first, uh, our entre entrepreneur profile for this evening has to do with uh, a woman who started a catering company many years ago, Josh, and she's uh, unfortunately under the weather, but she's on the line now. Uh, so let's, let's introduce her, Elizabeth uh, Fleisler. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi there. How are you? Good. Thank you for being such a trooper this evening. No problem at all. And we certainly appreciate you not spreading the germs. But that's not what we're here to talk about. You have a business called Gourmaison, and considering that I have yet to have dinner, it's going to be a, a tough show to get through as she talks through her business. But there's a really, it's a great story. She's uh, been in this business for 23 years, and uh, we'll let you get going, Liz. Why don't you start us off as, what is Gourmaison today, and how did it start? Well, Gourmaison today is really a catering company that uh, we, we handle all types of catering, whether it's breakfast meetings for 1,000 people, uh, lunch meeting for two people, convocations, conferences, weddings, all types of affairs. Uh, we are located uh, on uh, Namer, right near Jean Talon de Carry, so we have a very central location, and we have an industrial kitchen there. And we basically do a very, very wide variety of catering, and probably at this point about 85 to 90 percent of which is corporate catering. And where did you start? I understand where you are today, and there's, I'm sure, a variety of products, and I'm interested to hear about that, but take us back about 23 years, and, and what got you into this business? Uh, initially, I was working in the field of psychology with uh, children with learning disabilities, and I was taking courses at night in business, with, which really hooked me into that field. And I enjoyed it so much that I continued taking uh, night courses for about five years' time and finished a degree in business, and during which time the, one of the biggest problems I had was basically feeding myself. At the end of a long day, how do you manage, and how do you manage to have something which is actually healthy for you, which is not full of preservatives, and I thought that it would be probably a great idea to start something in the field of takeout dinners, which were made in a home-cooked style and without the use of all kinds of preservatives and instant food. So at that point, I started a business on Côte St. Luc Road, which was strictly retail takeout food. And that was enough to keep you going? Did you start on your own? Were you like a one-person show? No, at that point, we had a few staff. Uh, and we uh, had a retail situation which was basically going seven days a week, nine to nine. So it did require staffing both in the, in the kitchen and in terms of the, uh, the store as well. But uh, it was long hours, and there were probably about a half dozen of us involved at the time in terms of the staff. And did that last, so, I mean, that's, that's a heavy workload. That's a heavy schedule to go seven days a week, nine to nine every day. Yeah. Uh, I understand it's, it was probably a passion that you went through. But, I mean, did that last for a long time? You no, know, that passion kind of faded really, really quickly <laughs> when we realized uh, how difficult it was to actually accommodate uh, those types of hours. And we started to adapt as, as we realized what the peak times were and when people needed us. 
and we started to wind down the hours just a little bit, but not a great deal, because at that point, if you're doing takeout, you must be open more. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Fleiser is on the line. She's the founder of Gourmaison. Elizabeth, take us through those those first few months, uh, maybe the first year. You're, you're decided you're going to follow your passion. How do you, uh, I guess, how do you make it work? How do you uh, go through the, the tough first few months uh, as a business owner? Well, I, I was fortunate in the sense that I had a lot of uh, people I was able to tap into in the way of friends and family and mentors and people who were really a tremendous help to me who had a lot more experience in terms of business than I did at the time. And uh, you find out very quickly what it is that you need to know about the business that you're trying to get into. And then you find out even more quickly what you don't know. And I think that's where these kinds of people really came in. You take courses, you ask a lot of questions. Uh, my father-in-law was the president of a company and he was very, very helpful in the initial planning stages to be able to really uh, give us a lot of advice as, as to how to proceed. And then, of course, there were friends and family as well who were able to jump in there. We read books. I did everything I could to try and find out what more I, would, I could know about it. Did it take a long time? I mean, the learning process, Dan was talking about a few months or a year. How long before you really felt comfortable in understanding what your business was doing or what it was capable of? I think that's an evolution. It, I think it changes all the time. And I think that probably the first two to three years really gave us an indication of what we were doing and, and how the business was running and what we needed to do. But then, of course, just as you're beginning to really get comfortable with what it's doing, it changes. And in your case, after a few years, you, you started in 1987, correct? Right. So after a few years, that would bring you to 1990 or 91. That's right. Uh, I, which I believe was uh, a recession or the start of a recession point. It was, it was the start of a, a major recession. And all of a sudden, all, everything we had learned for, everything I'd learned for about three years changed. And at that point, you scratch your head and go, well, what, what do we do now? Um, how is it changing? And you watch it for a little bit. And what changed in our situation was that the retail sales started to come down. And at the same point in time, we were trying to fill in how do we improve our sales scenario. And at that point in time, many of our clients were saying, well, if you can do takeout, why can't you do a small dinner party? Or why can't you do lunch at my office? So we started to realize there is a different opportunity presenting itself which we better take a hold of because the retail sales are coming down and people are watching their pennies. And this is when we jumped in. I think, I think you're, you know, what you're saying is, is a very important lesson or, or, or from what entrepreneurs should take away is things constantly move and you need to adapt and you need to adapt quickly uh, or you certainly won't survive. Okay. And to, to, to be able to, I guess, bring out an opportunity is is something that I guess between you and your team and that you develop, uh, that's something that uh, you know I'm thrilled that it worked out for you, and I'm sure that entrepreneurs everywhere should always look at that. It's kind of reinventing themselves, whether times are good or times are bad, but always keeping your eye on the ball, and uh, and and making sure that it goes from there. 
And after the break, we'll talk a little bit about marketing and how to distinguish yourself, especially uh, during a recession. Elizabeth Fleisler on the line. She's the founder of Gourmaison. If you want to join the conversation here on today's Entrepreneur, uh, 514-790-0991. That's 790-0991. Josh Miller here from Fleur Landau. Always available to take uh, your questions about uh, uh, owning a business, running a business. And uh, you can send your text messages in to 514-800. And uh, start talk. Start 8255 on Bell Mobility. So more with Elizabeth in just a moment. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Coming up to 719 on CJD, this is today's Entrepreneur, heard on most Monday nights at 7 p.m., presented by Fuller Landau. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller, my co-host from Fuller Landau. And on the line, she is the founder of Gourmaison. You may have uh, picked up uh, their uh, their products at supermarkets, prepared meals. Elizabeth Fleischer. Elizabeth, before the break, we were talking about uh, the recession and how to dig out from that, um, from that hole in some cases. You managed to weather the storm uh, during the first recession in the early 90s. Uh, how did you do that and how did you make your, how did you adapt your business uh, in terms of marketing especially to, to weather that storm? Well, I think right from the, from, from the beginning we realized that it's not about uh, compromising quality of our service or quality of our products. I think it was really important that we had to maintain that. So we had to listen very, very hard to our customers. We had to find out what it was that was changing on their end and we expanded the range of our products be able to offer them low, medium, and high catering situations. So we could still give them excellent quality party sandwiches as opposed to excellent quality shrimp cocktails. But we kept the quality high. It was just that we gave them a much wider range of products depending on their needs. We also had to improve efficiencies of all of our processes. Are there any uh, outside areas like your marketing efforts where they went to print or online that you evolved into as well? Yeah, at that, at that point in time, also because of the advent of, you know, the, the improvement in technologies, we were able to go with, uh, da- you know, marketing in terms of uh, website. We were able to develop databases, which certainly helped our process internally. We were able at the same point in time to improve our efficiencies in terms of planning and production planning in our kitchen via the database so that we could improve efficiencies within and not have to compromise the quality of the products at the same time. So it sounds like notwithstanding all the technology though, it's still a question of quality of product and with every pun intended, it's word of mouth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really what's what's selling your business and how you get your next customers. You really got to focus on the quality of the product, the service as well, I imagine. Absolutely. And the consistency as well because so much of our business is repeat that if we please them in one si- clients in one situation and we disappoint them the next time around, then they can't count on us. And because so much is repeat, they have to be able to count on us. So to maintain that, that quality, that consistency level, you must have a pretty good, well-balanced and long-term team of people around you. Absolutely, absolutely. And they have every system in place they need. The recipes are done on digital scales so that they are the same each time. They are, uh, many of our staff have been there for 15 or 16 years. Our head chef has been there that long. Our head driver has been there that long. 
Uh, our staff has been around for a long, long time. Has a lot of ex- they have a lot of experience with us, and they're very committed to the business, and they're very much committed to each other as well. You've been well, by keeping them a long time. Is there is there a way that you've motivated them? I mean, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that that go through uh, a high turnover of their human resources, and you seem to have been able to to weather that storm and be immune to that. What, what's your style? How do, you, how do you keep them motivated and around? That has a lot to do with the team that I have because it's really what they do more than what I do. Uh, as soon as someone, else, someone new comes in, they start to gauge whether or not that person seems to be a fit. And then they come and tell me because they're the ones working together. And if, if they feel that this person is a fit, I hear about it very quickly. That's what happens when you have a very tight But I guess over the years you've also, how important has it been for you, and I guess maybe we might touch on your psychology degree a little bit, Uh when you're recruiting people, uh, you know, not that you're profiling them, but you've been able to, I guess, gauge over the years what type of person could work and what hasn't. Yeah, we've gotten better, I've gotten better at it. Uh, Generally, in our business, because it's a deadline business, it requires people who are capable to change directions quickly, which they often have to do. A new order comes in, something happens, something changes. They can't be very fixed in their ways. They have to be adaptable. And our team is very adaptable. So I think I've learned how to find people who fit that groove nicely. And it doesn't take us generally very long to figure out whether a person will be a good fit or not. This is today's entrepreneur on the line, Elizabeth Fleisler. She's the founder of Gourmaison. If you want to join the conversation, the numbers are 514-790-0991 and Star Talk, Star 8255 on Bell Mobility. You can also text your comments or questions to 514-800 for 25 cents. Elizabeth, have you found yourself um, using some site, site concepts when it comes to, uh, to HR issues? I, th- I think you use everything that you can, uh, all the ammunition that you can come up with. But yes, it certainly helps to be able to uh, focus. And I think you have to listen very carefully to your staff, your clients. Uh, I think that it's, it's a question of making sure that people are happy in, uh, in their jobs and that they feel proud of what they do. And our team is absolutely outstanding. And I think that they share that every day. And they feel for each other. They care about each other. It's not a situation of, this is my job and I won't help you if you need help with your job. Many of many of times, in fact, they are asked if they are owners or drivers. And I say that, I tell them that that's the biggest compliment they could get. <laughs> are there any, you know, as, as I'm listening or as we're listening to your story along the way uh, and, and your, your learnings along the way is, what would say, what would you say, is maybe your biggest mistake or what you've learned the most so far? I, I think I've learned that uh, I have to run the show. I think I have to uh, lead the way. It can't be a question of taking a vote every time we have to make a decision. You know, in that situation, I have to be able to say, this is the way that we're going to do this based on my experience with this business, and everybody has to follow along. And that seems to work for us. You, at times, I haven't done that. You know, it's it's interesting you say that because there have been a number of people along the way, and even guests prior on the show, where every entrepreneur and every owner has their different personality and their different character. And, and I know uh, later in the bottom half of the hour, 
we're certainly going to touch on that in in our human resource uh, segment this week. But there's no question that you can listen and you can take in all the information. But what an entrepreneur absolutely has to be is that leader. They still need to look up to somebody. They still need someone to make that decision or that final decision. I believe you can get all the input, all the fantastic ideas you want or you can from your team. But at the end of the day, it takes one person to drive it and one person to go along. So for you to learn that along the way, I'm sure that's that's helped you tremendously in that and that I'm, I'm sure you'll tell me that your people are better off for it because the, of the leadership style that you've taken. I hope so. It, it, have, have, they, have they proven that to you? I mean, there must have been certain circumstances. I mean, you're catering to many, many people. I'm sure there's a million and one things that can go wrong. Is there, is there a story you can think of that, that really stands out where, you know, every, it could have been disastrous, but your people really stepped up? Well, I, th- I think that happens for us on a fairly regular basis, although the, the customers never see that, and they always say everything looks smooth as silk. But I think one of my favorite stories is when we were doing a very large dinner party at uh, one of my favorite customers, Carol's home, and uh, I got a phone call from one of my drivers on his cell phone, and he said, please call Carol and tell her not to panic. And I said, why? He said, because the elevator has stopped, and we are both the two drivers, we are both in the elevator with all her food. And at which point, I, of course, called Carol, and she said, no wonder my guests are not showing up upstairs. And long story short, the drivers were cool as cucumbers. There was a repairman sent in from Terrebonne who arrived half an hour later, who repaired the elevator, and all was well, and the party went on. But it is one of my favorite stories. It's a cute one. They didn't take any of the snacks, did they? No, and I told <laughs> Carol not to worry about my drivers. They will not starve to death. <laughs> but i got to tell you, Dan, that raises an interesting point. When you're dealing with employees and they're dealing with food, they're certainly there, then they're serving alcohol and, and all that. How do you, uh, Liz, how, how have you kept tabs? Have you ever had an issue that you have to deal with with an employee that's maybe uh, gotten too close to the product and, <laughs> and not really been great at that service aspect? Well, you know, that, that happens. I think all types of things like that have happened over the years. And certainly you have to monitor, you have to be able to uh, deal with each situation as it arises. We certainly did have at one point uh, an issue with, uh, you know, we've had it happen with waiters years ago and so on. But from every experience you learn, you learn how to monitor, you learn how to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And you can't afford to continue working with people who give you any doubt in that respect. Especially if they're dealing with sharp knives and objects. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Elizabeth uh, Fleisler on the line. She's the founder of Gourmaison. Uh, after the break, we'll ask Elizabeth what her advice would be if uh, she were to talk to many entrepreneurs, particularly those who are thinking of getting into the food business, a very tough business in many cases, Josh. I know uh, it's, it's one that, um, that people, that good cooks, think that they can get into, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. It absolutely, you know, there's so many things that can and will go wrong. You're dealing with perishable product. You're dealing with the people serving this. You're dealing with changes that happen constantly to be on top of your game. 
uh, an entrepreneur has to be there forever. So we'll get into the food business uh, with Elizabeth in just a little while, and we'll also talk about HR issues uh, with Micheline Mayetta from uh, Fuller Landau as well. 514-790-0991, and a star talk, star 8255 on Bell Mobility. The opinions of the commentator or commentators are solely those of the commentators and not of CJAD 800 or Astral. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.33 on CJAD. Today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar along with my co-host Josh Miller from Fuller Landau. And on the line, the founder of uh, Gourmaison, Elizabeth Fleisler. And Elizabeth, before the break, we were talking about uh, the catering business, the food business. How is it difficult, uh, how is it challenging to manage stress in, in a business which is just so filled with unpredictable uh, moments, um, you know, perishable food, Josh was mentioning. How do you manage all that crazy? I, I think part of it is that you get used to it. Part of it is that you uh, get very organized around it. You learn to rely on each other. And uh, you learn to adapt the same way as you adapt long-term in a business. You learn to adapt on a daily basis when something happens. And you have to, I sort of play traffic cop at the top, at the top of all of that, being able to reroute things as, a, as is necessary. But it provides for a lot of challenge. And every time that you do accomplish what you need to, it's very satisfying. It sounds like the organizational process is, re I mean, as much as the food quality is huge and the service is huge, if you're not organized and can't deliver that product, you're, you're nowhere. So yeah, uh, t tell us a little bit about the organizational process, a little bit how it evolved and, and where you are today with that. Well, we, we have, a, as I said, a very powerful database, which really helps us in terms of just simply being able to move product. We have very experienced people who have been with us for a long time who have seen many different scenarios, whether it's snowstorms or street closures or other types of situations. And I think you also have to try to relax. Every time that something changes, you have to be able to think clearly and say, how do we accomplish this? The other day there was a major accident on Jean Talon Mountain site, which is our intersection, the only access into our place. When everything closed off, our drivers still managed to find their own ways uniquely of getting back in and back out. And this can happen on a daily basis for us. 514-790-0991 if you want to join the conversation. Uh, on the line right now is the host of the Rick Peterson Show, Rick Peterson. And Rick, you have a question for Liz? I sure do. Uh, hi, Liz. Hey, Ricky. How you doing? <laughs> Very well. I mean, maybe we could talk a bit about it. I'm making a presumption that everything went well with us. <laughs> it and absolutely I, did. Yeah, and I felt, um, you know, it's, uh, as someone who is a broadcaster and uh, is asked from time to time to endorse certain products, uh, when Liz uh, asked and, and we worked out our arrangements, I was thrilled and everything she talks about, the uh, the quality and, uh, and, of course, uh, her drive and her leadership is something that struck me right away and as a genuine person, but uh, a people person and not just a good cook, because uh, I, I ate very well in our time together. And it's, it's so gratifying to know that it's, it's become something even bigger than how it all began down there on that street, you know, with those little freezers and all those wonderfully packaged meals that were so much healthier for me to eat than the bachelor lifestyle I was living at the time. But uh, using radio, using different mediums beyond word of mouth and, uh, and its effectiveness, uh, if that worked for you and how important it is to keep Gourmets all out there in the public eye, keep it uh, 
you know, to uh, to push up uh, the word of mouth and uh, and a constant reminder about a business being there, and and uh, and that keeps you ahead of your competitors even. Absolutely. Well, you know something, Rick, it was, first of all, it was a great deal of fun doing commercials back then with you, and I still have, and I still have copies of the tapes, by the way, and it was enormously helpful. I think it gave us a great big push, and uh, people, people still talk about those ads every once in a while, and we still have had some exposure on radio, but we've been doing many, many different kinds of things over the years, and it has combined to give us really the impact that we've needed in the way of marketing. So, yes, absolutely, radio is wonderful. This is why I'm here. And, yeah, and, and how important it is to just uh, to, to keep your profile up as a business person, whether it's radio, print, and, and a combination of all of those things. You absolutely. have to advertise to be successful. As a, as a small business uh, and a retailer and in the public eye, there's no question that the various forms of media, you know, you really got to figure out where where the audience is and you know as we said before the quality and the service is uh, is no doubt a big part of that game and uh, i'm sure rick peterson you're you're healthier for it <laughs> and, I'm, and I, I trust your uh, your well and all those good things it's been a pleasure as i drive home listening to you uh, to you talk about your success as uh, we knew it always would be Liz. thank you so much rick uh, peterson host of the rick peterson show thanks rick Bye-bye. Much appreciated. Bye-bye. So, so Liz, as you know, we've heard, and it was a, it was a great endorsement, and, uh, and we're really thrilled to know that you have lots of fans out there. From an entrepreneurial aspect and for today's entrepreneur, with the stories of your 23 years, what, what piece of advice would you give today's entrepreneur? Don't be afraid of it all. Listen, listen to your clients, listen to your staff, listen to the experts, and then take the reins and run your business. It needs a leader. Jump on in and, and rely on yourself. Excellent. Liz, thank you so much for taking the time with us this week. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you very much, Liz. Elizabeth Fleisler, the founder of Gourmaison. It seems like, Josh, we have different entrepreneurs who have different styles in, in terms of management. Some are uh, some believe in democracy, some believe in dictatorship. Liz is maybe somewhere in between. The personalities of entrepreneurs today vary so greatly. Maybe it's dependent on the product, maybe it's dependent on the industry they're in, uh, but there's no doubt that leadership, and her last point is, is a huge takeaway for me, leadership has got to be the one aspect that every entrepreneur has and should have uh, if you're thinking if you can be an entrepreneur or not. It's great to listen, it's great to drive people, but the, being a leader in the true sense of the word, that is definitely included in the definition of entrepreneur. And as we're talking about the different types of aspects and different types of entrepreneurs, uh, I'd love to now turn to uh, our Director of Human Resources, Fuller Landau, and uh, say welcome, Michelin. Welcome, Josh. Hi, Josh. How are you? Great, thanks. <laughs> Michelin Mayette, Director of Human Resources at Fuller Landau. And so it's a great segue because, uh, because we were talking to Elizabeth, who does uh, have a very good handle on her business. Uh, Michelin, what, um, I guess, maybe some opening thoughts in terms of, uh, especially if you're running a very chaotic operation, an unpredictable operation, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who need to, to get a good handle on their employees? Well, I think a lot of entrepreneurs tend to be very A-type personalities, you know, so they're very driven people. They tend to expect a lot from their team as well. So from um, an HR perspective, I mean, it's a great place to work because you can really contribute to a business like that, a smaller business. Um, so there's really lots of, uh, it's, 
It's very good. The different, as we were saying, the different types of entrepreneurs and their characters, you have some that are a little more laid back, and then there's others with type A personalities. Is there one you find or a different style that uh, affects human resource or their people more than the other? Well, I think a lot of entrepreneurs tend to, uh, I guess, react on the heat of the moment, whether it's great or whether it's sometimes not so great. Um, you know, when you look at uh, some of the challenges, for example, that uh, smaller businesses tend to face when it comes to HR, the number one thing is really that they don't have an internal HR person present within the company for the most part. So they tend to kind of wing it, fly by the seat of their pants most of the time. Can that get them into trouble? Definitely can. That's I see that on a regular basis, entrepreneurs getting into trouble, um, all kinds of situations. One of their biggest problems is that you know smaller companies tend to be a bit less structured. Uh, so for the most part, like let's say they're letting go of somebody. I mean, I've rarely seen an op entrepreneur that actually has a documented file uh, and a case actually let go of somebody, for example. Now, they have an entrepreneur, and we all know, we talk the type A, we talk about the leader. There's, uh, there's somebody sitting in front of them that makes a really huge gaffe. And it really, you know, the entrepreneur, the owner is blowing his top. You know, they have that feeling. They just want to let loose and say, you're fired or get out of here or whatever. Do you have any piece of advice you would you would tell them? Is there is there a route they should they should consider taking? The first thing is to take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and you never want to fire anybody on the heat of the moment. You definitely need to think it out a little bit more. Uh, you know, is it that one incidence that uh, something went wrong that really upset you, or is it a number of things? Um, you know, I don't want to get into the details of, of firing somebody necessarily, but you know, if it does happen, you want to make sure that you have a documented file and that uh, you actually take the time to sit down with the person to give them the feedback and hopefully yeah, give them the time to improve as well. But there are no lawyers in the room, so we can't get into the, to the legalities of being fired, but we can say that uh, they just can't fire someone because they feel like it. No, no. I don't believe so. And I think there are certain implications that uh, that may be Michelin. You can, you can talk to at least a couple of the basic ones. What could happen if somebody is fired without cause, let's say? Well, depending on the situation, I mean, uh, firing somebody, there's so many different um, legal avenues for somebody who is let go. So there's a lot of things uh, to look at. There's the obvious ones, like did the person tell you yesterday that they're pregnant? <laughs> like that would be a big, uh, you know, a big no-no, obviously. Um, but yes, I mean, the employee, if they go to Linam's Travail, for example, they will actually represent them for free. So you have to remember the employee can have free legal representation to come back against you. Forever and, even, and ever and ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it can even go up to them being reinstated in their job and possibly owing salary up to the point when this goes to court, which could be two years from now. So yes, it could be quite costly if it's not done properly. So for small entrepreneurs, if there are really problems with an employee, uh, it sounds like they better have something in writing to, to back up their, their claim that they're not doing their job. Yeah, if you don't want to have to write a check to the person or write a very big check to the person at least, then yes, you definitely want to have something documented in the file. And entrepreneurs tend to have a lot of problems with this. They tend to be very informal most of the time. And yeah, it's definitely you know adding a bit more structure, documenting, doing, doing performance reviews, for example. A lot of uh, smaller companies tend to think that this type of program only applies to big companies, when in fact it's very useful for smaller companies as well. You know, I find that uh, the entrepreneurs, especially the much smaller corporations, the, the owner and maybe three, four or five people with them, they're going, they're running by the seat of their pants every day. They're, you know, they're making decisions at every other minute, but they don't always take the time to step back and say, hey, you know what, this person, you know, there was about five things they did wrong last week. 
Uh, and, you know, if this continues, I'm going to let them go. Documentation, you know, is, is one of the, the weakest areas I find for small entrepreneurs. And it's such a simple thing to do, whether it's email, whether it's electronic, whatever it may be. So I think that's something that, uh, that's very good takeaway from this. We're talking about uh, human resources issues right now on today's Entrepreneur. If you have a question for Josh Miller or Micheline Mayette, who's the Director of Human Resources at Fuller Landau, uh, give us a call. Maybe you're dealing with uh, some human HR issues uh, at your business. Uh, great uh, time to get some uh, helpful advice. 514-790-0991, Start. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people and great advice from the team at Fuller Landau here. Josh Miller, my co-host, as well uh, in studio, Micheline Mayette. She is the Director of Human Resources at Fuller. And uh, that's what we're dealing with, uh, human resources uh, people issues here. If you have any questions about uh, perhaps uh, some human resources issues at your business, now's a great time to pick their brains. The numbers are 514-790-0991 and star talk, star 8255 on Bell Mobility. Uh, Karen has a question. Hi, Karen. Hi. Um, my question, um, hypothetically, or my brother-in-law, for example, um, works for a company that does not have an HR policy on sick days, and it's left up to the discretion of the manager. So there might be one person who was actually sick for six days or five days and is only paid for four, whereas another department if someone's sick for six days, they may be paid for all days. It's at the it's left at the discretion of the manager, but this is a a company that with more than two hundred employees, and it seems unfair to the employees that there isn't a policy. Yes, that's a very good question, actually, because a lot of uh, very small companies tend to not have a policy manual, so sometimes there's not necessarily clear policies for sick days, for example. But I would agree that in a company of 200 employees, um, there becomes the issue of equity. When one employee knows that the other employee is being treated differently, then uh, yeah, you could definitely have some issues there. So I would definitely recommend that a company of that size have set policies in place. And if ever the manager you know, decides that they have somebody who is really performing well, who works a lot of extra hours, and they decide, for example, not to dock the pay of one employee because they're really doing well, they could always have the discretion of, of maybe doing that, but at least there's a set role for everybody in the company so that you don't have any hurt feelings. Uh, Karen, thanks very much for the phone call. Do you have any other uh, questions? Um, is a company obligated to give paid time off for people who are sick? Uh, no, you don't have to pay for sick days. So it's actually fair if they did a straightforward policy that everybody gets three days, then it's, it's, at least it's fair. Yeah, exactly. Karen, thanks very much. If you have any other questions, uh, give us a call at 514-790-0991. And uh, earlier we were talking about uh, how to fire someone appropriately. So let's let's do the flip side right now and talk about how to hire someone, how to uh, how to uh, to to have a good recruitment policy, and how to find the best people. Yeah, definitely. You know, entrepreneurs tend to have the issue that their name is not always known uh, to the public for the most part. So they're not getting thousands of CVs just sent to them, you know, into their to their website, for example. So it is a challenge of going out posting. The other challenge for entrepreneurs is they don't tend to do this that often. So they don't really know where to start sometimes. So just the whole process seems a bit, you know, difficult for them. 
What about the interview? I mean, certainly when we were talking before to, to Liz and Gourmaison, she was able to, in the interview process, kind of weed out the bad people and, and cling to the good people. But is not there, everybody is a psychologist by training. Not every, no, exactly. So are there any, <laughs> are there any pieces of, of advice? Are there like questions to ask or questions to avoid uh, in an interview process that can give some help to, the, to entrepreneurs? Yes, definitely. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs don't know what's appropriate to ask, what's not appropriate. You know, there's some things that seem obvious that aren't apparently obvious to everybody. Like, I'll give an example. I was doing an interview with one of our clients, and after we got through the first basic questions of the interview, the entrepreneur turned around to the candidate and said, so, what country are you from? <laughs> and so she politely answered, and in my head, alarm bells are going off, you know, but... Uh, so then the the client turns to the candidate and says, and can I ask what religion you are? You know, Ugh. all the, like, the big no-no questions <laughs> that you don't ask in an interview. Then he asks her if she's married, how many kids do you have? I don't think he was intent intending to be discriminatory, but I think he just wanted to get to know her. At that point, he had already decided his head he was going to hire her, so luckily he didn't, if he had decided not to hire her, then yes, he could have definitely had some issues. Um, but yeah, that's one example that I, that I could give of a big no-no, obviously. That's more of an obvious one. And finally, before we, before we uh, move on, do you encourage the funny questions? Like, if you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? That kind of thing, to lighten up the mood in the, room, in the interview room? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really learn anything from that type of question. I mean, generally, um, I tend to just ask the candidate to summarize their experience for me. It's on their CV, but it tends to loosen them up and get them talking a little bit at the beginning. Um, another thing I see is that a lot of entrepreneurs tend to ask yes or no questions. So you want to ask them something that they're going to be that's going to get them talking, so you get to know a little bit more about them. And the other thing is to always get examples. You know, like I've sat through interviews where the manager turns to the employee and says, "So I see that you've been the shipping manager." And the employee goes, "Yes, you know, I've been the shipping manager." That's it. You know, there's <laughs> nothing else to to really elaborate on it. But, you know, to ask for examples, like tell me about a time when you ran into a difficult situation, how you resolved it. So the person actually has to give examples based on their past uh, behaviors. Michelin Mayetchi is the Director of Human Resources uh, from Fuller Landau. Thank you for your expertise tonight. Thank you very much for having me. Today's Entrepreneur Continues, Parting Thoughts with Josh Miller, coming up next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Remaining moments on today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. And Josh, if we're going to take away some, um, some lessons from this show, uh, a lot to do with human resources and, uh, and enjoying your passion, but at the same time, knowing how to, to get down to business and run a tight ship when necessary. Balance, Dan. It really comes down to balance. There's a balance between the entrepreneurial passion, the drive, but there's a balance to be organized, and there's a balance to sometimes cross some T's and dot some I's. Uh, certainly, we heard from Liz that she was she, her organizational processes are hugely crucial. But in as much as she listens to everybody, she still has to be that leader, leader, make that decision, and impart it to all the people. From an HR aspect, as we're listening to Michelin, there's no question that documentation needs to be done. You don't want to be caught with your pants down. You really you need to be diligent but not lose that entrepreneurial drive. You need to look forward, but you need to make sure your shoelaces are tied before you start running. So the documentation from the human resource standpoint, the leading your employees, getting their input, being that all around great person, but certainly making sure that you're able to make that decision and go forward. Balance, balance, 
balance, and that's really what the entrepreneur has got to live and breathe and fight with every day. Josh Miller, thank you very much. Uh, you can reach Fuller Landau at uh, their website, www.flmontreal.com. Uh, their phone number Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, is 514-875-2865. That's 875-2865. Uh, we are back with another edition of today's Entrepreneur. On October 18th, we talked to the folks from Torsia Communications. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Dan. We've great show. Look forward to a couple of weeks from now. As do I. Uh, have a good night. Ryan and Tarek are next. The opinions of the commentator or commentators are solely those of the commentators and not of CJAD 800 or Astro.